Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about seeding depth and populations. In our spotlight, we're going to look at the Fent Momentum Planter. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about the Wheatland Hop Riot. And Cool Beans, that's Courtney. We'll have some current events and wrap it all up with You Applied What? So, with me today are Todd Schomburg. Hey, Matt, and hey, all the Tilthies out there. Bill Schomburg. Hey, Matt. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So first, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody as we have reached a thousand plus downloads. So thanks for the first thousand downloads. Here's to a thousand more. Very cool. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Can you, Max, you got to do your special thing, like unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. So can you do a... Download, on download, thank you. Thank you for unsubscribing, awesome. resubscribing. Continue to unsubscribe, resubscribe. <laughs> there you thousand, go. Thousand more times. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully, you guys have thought out from the cold snap that we had the last few days. And I don't know, have you seen any damage yet? I have not. Saw a little bit. Saw some too. It's hard to tell if it's going to last or if it's if it's not bad at all. So, yeah, a little bit of damage out there. But today, though, got almost humid. It's like slightly warm, and then it's like, wow, it actually feels kind of humid. It was sort of cool. Yeah, there's a lot of moisture in the air today. I think I think today we might have had our first uh, warm rain of the year. Like yeah. It, it, like the, when the water was hidden, it wasn't like, oh my God, I got to get out of this. It was like, all right, this isn't terrible. So I think that's a step in the right direction. And probably the first rain in, I don't know, two or three years that we've needed. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a weird feeling. Rain. It was weird when you first this week said, man, we could use a rain. And then you almost like did like, wait, what, what did I say? Right. No, no, that's. You feel like you're I saying something right. wrong. Like yeah, you just swore I, like, what, wait, what, what? Nope. No, no, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, we we yeah. might have spoke a little soon because I see there's an inch and a half in the forecast for this weekend. So, but even that wouldn't. I mean, I don't, hopefully we don't if, get poor if it was them, but yeah, yeah, most guys are getting stuff planted and a lot of spray getting done. So that's good. If it was like yesterday, or last night, and today's, I I'll take it because that slow, steady rain, not too bad. And with the heat coming, we don't want things to get too dry where they crust and all that corn that we're hoping to pop out this week gets stuck. So, Right. Yeah, right. Yesterday was the first day in about two years that I could actually not tell what piece of equipment was going through the field, whether it was a disc or a corn planter, because it was just like a cloud of dust everywhere. And you're like, or is that planting? With a cloud of dust behind yeah. Like, yeah, everything. <laughs> Yeah, I felt yeah, like no, it's... I felt like the other day standing in a field driveway talking to a farmer. I felt like I had been uh, four wheeling all weekend on the trails. Like when by the time I got back in the truck, my nose was like all full of dust, and yeah, it was. It's like it's kind of a good uh, good feeling. Yeah, you almost have to brush yourself off when you uh, get home because you're just covered in dust from buzzing around these fields. So all right. NFL schedule came out last week. So 
sports. Finally, there's some something going on that's not a draft or a, you know, most television stations seem to be in uh, ESPN classic mode where you're watching old football games or old basketball games. So something new. Yeah. I was uh, looking at the Packers schedule pretty close. I think 16 and 0 is achievable, really. Woo. You're pretty optimistic there, Max. You got to They're going to go to You got to believe. Is that the uh, Madden simulated season or actual football? Uh if I was playing Madden against a computer on the lowest level, 16 and 0, guaranteed. <laughs> is that the start of the Jordan Love era or not? Is he going to finish Stop. out? And... Stop it. <laughs> no. Three years out for him yet. Whenever Rodgers yeah. is ready to hang him up, that's when it's the start of the Jordan Love era. Yeah. Maybe maybe one year before have... Rodgers is ready to hang it up. As long as we don't have to go through the, uh, the messy divorce this time. When that oh, does I'm happen. sure we will. We're going to be like the yeah kids watching the messy divorce again. So it'll be lots of fun. Why is mom and dad always fighting? <laughs> Maybe this time mom and dad won't fight because they've been through it before. At least one of them. One of them Hopefully, has. Yeah. Hopefully they learn from the first divorce. You got, <laughs> yeah. I I almost think that like if it would get to that, that there wouldn't be as many suitors for Aaron Rodgers because he's not as well liked as Brett Favre was. You know, or he some people already see him as kind of a drama queen. And if he started that kind Max, of Max, business any, like they don't. They just most of these teams just need a quarterback. So I yeah. think they would take anybody. You think at this you point, think watch, some of these you teams? Think, you uh, think if he gets truly washed up and throws a fit like that, people are going to be like, ah, what's the worst that could happen? Look at I Tom guess Brady. some of those organizations are so bad. Him, so the yeah. one good thing I saw about the schedule, though, guys. Well, it's it's going to be as same as normal going to the Viking Stadium early on with no fans. They'll just pump more crowd noise in than they do originally. So, <laughs> bam, it might not might not be any different. It'll just you know, it'll just be that Viking horn the whole time. The oh my lord thing just all over and over till you're just it's, so uh, sick of it. It's funny you mentioned that. I was talking a little bit before we started recording here. So I found the article that I had seen, and it was an interview with uh, everybody's favorite Fox announcer, Joe Buck. <clears throat> I'm not sure how he can talk without Troy Aikman, but anyway, uh says Fox, according to him, Fox is planning to pump in crowd noise, digitize fans for NFL broadcasts. So they're, they're going to just put some fake fans in. Awesome. All right. You think it'll be like the Tech Mobile fans where they're all basically looking the same, same and facing different and then yeah, or how they are gonna digitize fans. That'll be interesting. Isn't I hope isn't, it's it's just that, like just the same guy multiple just times. Over and over. <laughs> isn't the, <laughs> be like the Matrix, Korean base like yeah. Korean baseball, they're doing like cardboard cutouts in the stands. Nice. Um so uh, that It'll be like at Farm Tech Days, that parking guy, Bill. They'll just have that, that was, guy yeah, pointing yeah, people great. where to go. That worked. The pointer guy. Yeah. yeah. That was a It'll very probably good be, uh, oh, what's the name of the robot on Fox? Oh, Cletus. 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 Yep. It'll be him. Just a <laughs> crap ton of Cletuses in the stands. Just a, a bunch of robots doing calisthenics in the stands. <laughs> 
Yeah. When are they just going to do robot football? That's what we'll have to go to next. That's Zabe's thing, isn't it? He wants robot. Yeah, robot football on the moon. On the moon. All right. All right. Even better. Can we just do like the old board game football where the the, the, vibrates? We'll just put like big cutouts on the field and it'll vibrate and that's how you'll determine field position. I also hope they change the tunnels. Uh, Fox changes the tunnels as the, the players come running out to just the gap in Strahan's teeth. Yeah. That they're running. Like the roller coaster goes through in the beginning of the, in yep. the intro. Yeah. That would be great. Instead of digitized fans, digitized Strahan. That's what you're hoping for, Matt. Yep. Well, just, just the gap in his teeth for the, the tunnel. That's it. I'm sure they'll have to pay him some sort of royalty for that too. He's probably got that trademarked. Does he owns the tooth gap? I'm sure he does. Every if, any, if if it's possible, he does. I'm sure he he's got like scouts at every orthodontist. Like that kid better close up that gap, or he's got to start yeah. paying. He's measuring it. That's more than four millimeter. That's my gap. No, <laughs> I believe that's that. That's one stray hand, Todd. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the technical term. Yeah, all dentists measure now. Use that. Yeah, as, as a hand. baseline measurement. Ooh, one and a half stray hands. I haven't seen this since uh, in a long time. Ooh. How did we go from NFL schedule to stray hands as a unit of measure? This is when we that have was, no sports that you just that was a ra- that was a rabbit hole right there. Yeah, that yeah, was a rabbit I've, hole. <laughs> if I feel a lawsuit coming on, but oh can, well. When we talk seating depth later, can we measure it in stray hands or not? How many stray hands deep do you have to go? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we should uh, we should figure that back to inches, yeah, and then we can. Yes. Ooh, your seed your seed got like six stray hands. Uh, it's a little <laughs> deep. I don't know. All right. Well, since since we brought it up, let's, let's get into it. So, how deep do we want our seed? That's where we'll start. So, are we planting a specific depth, or just planting into moisture and calling it good? Oh, we need to no comment. No comment. No, <laughs> we need to plan. Yeah. yeah, both this year especially because the top dried out so fast. But I think we we want to target that inch and three quarters at two and a quarter on corn. I think being that sweet spot at two, you know, two and a quarter somewhere in there, and soybeans. Um, depending on if you got a drill or a corn planter, you want to be half to inch and a half. And I think as we call the grain drill a controlled spill um you know that corn planter really gets that at a good depth so we can really sit that at at an inch if you want it there so that's pretty important i think that going back to corn bill the inch and a half mark for corn is really important because you want it at least deeper than that um that's quite important to get the right rooting you know so you don't have shallow root syndrome and just some problems that way that you know, make sure that's why it's inch and three quarters is just so you're kind of past that inch and a half depth. And then, um, yeah, I love to see it down two to two and a quarter and kind of into that moisture, you know, even to two and a half, if that moisture line's starting to go down, um, you know, maybe you have to be a little bit deeper to get down there. So it's been, been good to see in general guys checking depths quite often, or, you know, at least kind of once per field or group of fields, 
as tillage changes and stuff. But um, that's the only thing this that a planter anymore. I mean, it tells you your singulation. It tells you almost not necessarily too many things, um, but it tells you so many things that the depth is still one that you really got to get out and double and triple check that it's planting where you want it to be. Yeah, I agree, Ted. That's, you know, one of the things we haven't, haven't quite seen on the monitor is control of that depth and knowing, knowing that that's secure. You, you know, you can throw a couple doubles here and there, but if you don't have the depth right, you get some problems. I think having uh, better planting conditions this year, not only has it been easier to get good depth, but because we're not under the gun and like we have 48 hours to plant thousands and thousands of acres, I think um, in general we've been able to do a better job getting out, checking, slowing down, and just making sure we get it right the first time. So I've been pretty pretty happy with a lot of depths this year. Yeah, totally. I've seen good depth as well. Totally agree, Max. And have you guys gotten the question? Seems like this year more than ever, and maybe it's because the last two years suck so bad. But question I've gotten at least ten times is, should we plant it shallower so it gets out of the ground faster? And uh, yeah, I just, I just seems like that always comes. I don't know if that's like, like our grand grandpa used to do it that way, and should, that's why we do it. Should we put it shallower because the ground is warmer up there? <laughs> Yeah, and, and well, this year, especially this the last year, two weeks, yeah. how cold it did get, you had less insulation between you, you know, th- that soil, less soil insulation. So it was sometimes getting colder, closer to the top. Um, it would warm up quicker, but it kind of varied more. But I agree with you, Bill, that um, I, I'm sure it does, especially corn can possibly emerge quicker, but the amount of time it takes, you know, it might save you you know, on the magnitude of hours difference or something like that, which isn't enough to to risk having that not root as well as when you have deep, you know, deeper depth. So, yeah, I agree with you, Bill, that that is a I've heard that same thing a bunch of times um, and still I'd rather be at that two inch depth. And I've had to reassure them, like, just chill out. Let's not we don't want it to come out fast. We want it to, you know, get in there where we want it to be so it can seat the roots and have a good root system if we do get, you know, dry this summer because eventually we're going to have another dry summer again, even though the last two have been so terribly wet. But just it just seemed like that came up a lot more this year than other years. And maybe it's because last year we had some drownouts and it took so long and we're planting early, so they wanted to come out the ground faster because it's earlier and they don't they're afraid it's going to rot. Um, and that's one thing too, this year I haven't seen at all. I hope you guys haven't either, but it's been cold, but being that it's so dry, I haven't I seen any to, issues. To rot, you need hot, you know, to rot quickly, yeah. you need almost hot and wet. Not like you said, it's been more just cold and dry, which probably isn't enough to make it rot. Yeah. I don't you think you want to sacrifice that long-term plant health for a short-term benefit of, oh, it's out of the ground. Okay, we're, you know, that's half the battle. Well, no, it's getting out of the ground is important, but not as important as having that good root uh, depth. So, I think it's a good time to add that tillage is plays a huge role that guys, I, I mean, there's so many times I'll check depth on a corn planter, and when it is too shallow, 
you go over where they haven't planted yet and you stick the shovel in and you only got say two inches of nice fresh dirt and then underneath it's just hard and if you know especially some of these more vertical till machines where you're not going as deep um it makes that a lot and, and field cultivators can do it too but um it's having enough good soil to plant into and making sure tillage was done correctly especially if you're only doing one pass of tillage um, and sometimes that can work, but sometimes it, it just freshens up enough that you got this really hard soil underneath and then you up your down pressure to try to jam it in there more and um, you get kind of more uneven depth and just not quite in as good as soil. So it's one thing to watch is tillage plays quite an important role in that too and in, in how you till. Well, I think, you know, last fall we didn't get a lot of tillage done. So this year I've seen quite a variety of field conditions based on when tillage was done, how much tillage they got in before they planted. And, you know, some of these wet spots that have been wet, what seems like forever, even when they tried to let them dry, it worked up clumpy. And so you, you know, just that in one field, you can have very different soil conditions. So, yeah, I think that's important, Todd, that you check depth as as often as you can. I think the other thing too, guys, with depth, you know, in these planters, just something to remember to think about when you're planting is all these planters now that are coming out with the GPS technology and the automatic shutoffs, just make sure that, you know, we're probably, you know, look, something to think about for next year because we're pretty much through planting now, but th- get out and measure those shutoffs when you come into the headlands, when you go out of the headlands, make sure that your planter is shutting off and turning on correctly. You don't want a gap, obviously, and and uh, the other way too is if you're planting into the headlands too far and you get the double planting, you know, obviously that then is going to compete like a weed. So you don't want to um, you don't want to have it over planting either. So I've had enough of those issues where yeah, it was set like it was last year. It should keep going this year, and it and it doesn't, or we change something and it screws with those settings in the monitor so along with depth be checking be checking your um uh, your ins and outs i call them you know when your planner shuts off and the check rows too in between passes that the technical term bill the ins and outs ins and outs so. that's what we the call it yep. not back in the sixty thousand population there bill no not really no it, it's crazy how much money that can cost over planting you know, if their shutoffs aren't working quite right, you know, you go over five feet on both ends of the field uh, across a 40-acre field, that's a lot of corn seed going in the ground that you didn't really plan for. Well, no, one thing I think about it too of how much money they invested in that technology. And, you know, that money's already spent to buy that technology. And if it's not working right, you know, you're even a double whammy where you spent something for something nicer like that and you're still using up the seed you shouldn't be. The one thing I'm seeing, guys, with it is it's kind of a mirror effect. So, like, on one end, it's planting into the headlands, and then you get to the other end of the row, and it's shutting off too soon. So, now you got a gap. And then you turn around, and it plants too soon, and you get the other end, you got a gap again, and it's back and forth all the way across the field. So, you're double planting, and you're skipping. And um, just think about a 24-row that some of these guys got, 24 rows that's doing that. That's a lot more things to go wrong than 
you know, 20 years ago with a six row corn planter is you didn't put down quite soon enough. So it can, it can exponentially grow as, as they say these days, right? Um, exponentially get worse with the bigger corn planters that we have. All right. What about beans? We kind of started into that before. So that half inch to inch and a half depth, um, do we, you know, what happens when we get it a little bit deeper? Any, any concerns if you get deeper than that inch and a half? Well, we want to make sure that it gets up in a timely fashion and gets out of the ground too. Um, but also that it has enough energy to get through that it doesn't get, you know, I've seen in sand ground beans planted four inches deep and really struggle to come out of the ground. So, um, you want to make I, sure. What I, have, I would say to Matt is sometimes even guys don't switch from your corn. When you go from corn to planting beans and just leave the depth the same. So say you're at that two inches, beans still do pretty well from that depth. So that's one good part is I, on that, I'd rather err on the side of slightly deep or at least down into moisture so that bean can, you know, suck up that moisture right away and start growing, um, and, you know, and start pushing through. The other nice thing with beans is, for the depth you plant it is when it comes out of the ground, that's how tall it'll be. So they hook out of the ground. So if that hook is longer, um, so say at an inch and a half, when it comes, you know, pulls that head out of the ground, it'll kind of almost seem taller right from the get-go, which is kind of nice. Whereas if you're real shallow, um, you know, it's got kind of more, I, I don't know that it helps pod set. I've never actually seen that. It just still seems like it, um, kind of gets those cotyledons up a little bit taller and that kind of thing. Have you guys seen anything like that? Yeah, I, I've seen that a little bit <clears throat> um, in in soybean fields. And I think in this year, like we talked, you know, the, the top kind of got dried out. So if you are on that shallower end this year, you just weren't getting that germination right away, and which could be good or bad. You know, with that cold snap we just went through, you didn't want your beans really above the ground for that. But at the same time, you want them out in a fairly timely fashion so that they're they're up and going and doing what you need them to do, get ahead of the weeds. The other thing too, Matt, with that, when you're talking about uh, germination and is if you're not planting into moisture, you could have uneven germination where you have some come through and some not. So that's the other thing to watch is probably why a corn planter would be nice because you can set that depth a lot better planted to moisture. They all come out relatively at the same time. I was in a field on Tuesday that had a grain drill and just planted into the fluff and we couldn't get it deeper. It was just hard to get it deeper. Sure. Um, and so that's, you know, that needed that rain we had today because it wasn't going to germinate because it was just so dry in that top inch and we couldn't get it below that. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I think that's, that even germination, especially with soybeans, they help each other out then of the ground. So if you do have adverse surface conditions, um, that can be a nice thing about 30-inch row beans is they all kind of push together and, and break open the ground a little bit, have an easier time emerging, whereas uneven, then you get more potential of uh, having more difficulty in getting that stand established. So, All right, here's a quick poll for you guys. Uh, we'll start with Max. Corn planter or drill on beans? Oh, corn planter. Corn planter, yeah, 110%. Matt, Matt, what do you think? 
I like the corn planter. <laughs> Bill? Yeah, corn planter. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I'm with you guys. That it just we can just control so much more things that it's very nice to be able to control depth and seating rate much easier than with the drill. So, yeah, it interesting get, that we all said the same. It does get a little sickening too when you get to July and you have to go through with a fungicide or insecticide or another herbicide pass, and you got those nice tall beans that are drilled, and you got to run half of them over. Not half, but you make those well, but by the time they all tangle with each other, it's half. True. You know, like because thirty inch rows, you can hopefully drive between, but in a drill, there's no driving between. There, you're hitting a lot. All right, and last year we'll just hit a little bit on populations. So we'll start with corn. Um, you know, with your BMRs, we're usually shooting a little bit lower, probably in that twenty seven, twenty eight to thirty range, even at 32, uh, depending on the variety. And with grain corn, we're pushing 34, 36. Some guys, if they're really pushing yield, even 40. So what, uh, <clears throat> any watch outs you guys have there as far as populations or, I mean, obviously we want to have the right population for the variety. So you have to kind of pay attention to what you're, you're planting and what's best for whether it's flex or determinant, but I got got no watchouts, but I do have one farm really dropping it back on silage to twenty four thousand, uh, especially if they can plant like the first second week of May, going twenty four thousand, and hoping that we get good stock expansion. It'll get a little. The theory is we get higher digestible corn, then kind of acts like BMR to some degree. So we're trying that, and then as we get later in the season, every week we bump it up two thousand more. So if this week then we go to 26 or 28 so we got a we got a plot we planted um last week friday that's same same varieties um half of it's 24,000 half it's 32,000 so we're gonna see if there's any of that effect on those 10 varieties we got in there that should be an interesting plot because especially bill like we've seen you change it by you know guys will tweak it by 2,000 or 3,000 and in a way that really doesn't show up too much, but you change it by that much. Um, what do you add then 8,000 different? Yeah, it was 20. Yeah. 24 to 24, 32, 32. Okay. That's yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a big enough change where, you know, you should see a lot of different changes and, and it'll be interesting which one does do better. And, you know, yield might be the same, but like you said, if yields the same, well, I'll take the low, the lower population save on the seed um that yep. kind of thing so um that's been weird for populations we've seen corn climb you know to, to attain more yield and beans you know we just seem to keep ratcheting back and ratcheting back so you got the tail of you know two sides of the coin there yeah i remember when i first started out you know we we're some guys were planting two two hundred twenty thousand for beans and now we're we're dropping back into you know, that 120, 140 range. So, yeah, there's been a big difference there. 20 years ago, I had an old timer at 280,000. Jeez. He, he was really pushing her out. So, yeah, he was he was pretty concerned when I told him to go to 150 that year. That was that was a pretty big jump. So, he trusted me and came out good. At the rate we're going, it'll be like... 30 to 40 years and we'll be planting the beans 
at the same population as corn. So it'll be interesting when that, if that true, the rate we're dropping beans and increasing corn. Um, so maybe when, like when, you said, you plant about the same depth and then the same population. That'll be a very interesting uh, intersect of, you know, if the genetics do go that way. So yeah, it's save time working on the planner. Just have <laughs> yeah. to switch the place over and just go right to it. Yeah. Now, if we can get the seed size the same on the beans and corn, then we won't change anything. Yeah, there you go. I I feel like there's some that's getting kind of close at time. Like once in a while, I see some that I'm like, oh, those are some those are pretty good sized beans. Those might work. All right. Well, that'll do it for seed depth and populations. So may, always make sure you're checking your depths, no matter what you're planting or how you're planting. Uh, to make sure you're staying in that sweet spot for your given seed. All right, so let's move into our spotlight for today. All right, today we're going to talk about the Fent Momentum Planter. So the new planter is going to be available for purchase uh, starting this month and be expected delivery sometime prior to the 2021 planting season. So the Fent Momentum planter comes in uh, 16, 24, 32, or 48 row configurations with spacings of 15, 20, 22, and 30 inch. And what I found most interesting looking at, you know, some of the pictures and stuff they had was, just the flex of the planter when you're going, you know, if you're planting on a hill, it, it really has kind of an S look to it as it's going over that hill. And that's, that's pretty cool. The amount of flex and, you know, usually when we're watching planters go on side hills and stuff, you're expecting maybe to slide or have issues. Whereas this one kind of conforms to what it's planting, which is kind of cool. It's neat when we're talking seed depth, and um, that could be one important thing with that flex, is that it shouldn't, it should help seed depth that you'd kind of have more flex of that, and each row unit can conform to the soil it's under, you know, better and stuff. So, yeah, like you say, just Googling up a picture of that just to see how it can kind of contour, you know, over over different terraces and just different things like that. It's really neat. So it could be a, you know, really cool planter that way um and just kind of have it it did the other thing that was interesting was the speed because again we keep going with these higher speed and it does say the momentum will plant up to 10 miles an hour with 99 percent singulation and speed spacing accuracy so um you know again they're trying to find something that can get that that speed up where we can go faster in the field so interesting kind of like what john deere's done Max, did you have did you have a farm that was uh, demoing one of these this week? Did you get to check it out? <sighs> yeah, uh, they were they were supposed to demo one this week, and um, I talked to him the night before the demo was supposed to happen, and the planter was still in Sioux Falls. So, so I, I actually don't know if it ended up making it there this week or not, but it was not there when it was originally scheduled, so I didn't get to see it, but. Um, I 
I've watched enough videos on them now, and uh, I'm pretty impressed. I, I mean, I'd like to see one in in person, and I'd like to see a forty get planted and see what it comes up like. You know, if you really can, you know, if it comes up as good as it say they say it will, planting at ten miles an hour. Um, but it's interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, no, it looks like a cool planter, and look forward to seeing some demos at some point. So, all right, let's move into our egg history minute. Love the banjo. <clears throat> All right, today we're talking about the August third, nineteen thirteen Wheatland Hop Riot. So Ralph Durst, one of the largest agricultural employers in Yuba County, California, advertised widely for hop pickers for the nineteen thirteen harvest season. He got one thousand more workers than he needed, which had the effect of depressing already low wages. So yeah, when you get twice as many people showing up, or three times, whatever that happens to be. <clears throat> yeah, everybody gets paid a little bit less. So uh, all the hops pickers gathered on the Durst hop farm. They wanted more money. It led to some infighting. Tensions were high. In the end, call the sheriff. A number of deputies in the Yuba County District Attorney, who also happened to be his personal attorney. <clears throat> the group was surrounded and. Deputies had to fire a warning blast in the air with a shotgun. Had the opposite effect of what they had intended. Instead of intimidating, the crowd attacked everyone and began beating and firing gunshots. And uh, both the sheriff or a deputy sheriff and the district attorney were killed, along with two pickers. And a third lost his arm. So, yeah, it got pretty heated over the hops and. I don't think they were. There was even drinking of what you use the hops for involved. So, <laughs> did you see they? Did wanted you see where a, they were sent? Go ahead, Bill. They wanted a twenty-five cents more per their little sign. It says hop pickers. Our demand a dollar and a quarter per hundred pounds, thousand pounds, hundred pounds. So they were they were getting paid a dollar, and they wanted to increase to a dollar and a quarter for hundred pounds. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's quite the. Wonder what that would be in today's dollars with inflation. For like five bucks a bag, and it says they were sentenced to sentenced to life imprisonment in Folsom Prison. So Johnny Cash must have been singing about some of them too. Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. So yeah, the one of the first major agricultural labor confrontations in American history. So right, very tight behind what's what's going on now with the labor shortages and just different things. So yeah, we've we've had other times where there's been tension as well. Yeah. So all right. Well, that's our egg history minute, Todd. What what's going on? <laughs> Just please subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Right, Max? Correct. All right. And um, if you like what you're hearing, please go to naicc.org, which is the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants. And there you can find a crop consultant in your area. And uh, please follow us. What is our handle, Matt? At? Tilt Talk Radio. 
So please follow us on the Twitter and the Facebook. And I think that's all the social media, right, Matt? That is correct. All right. So thanks for, like you said at the beginning of this, we got to the 1,000 downloads, which is super exciting. So thanks, everybody, for that. And um, please continue. All we ask is you share this with a friend. So that would that would be great. Thank you for listening. All right. Now our cool beans, and that's corny. So cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Uh, we are far ahead of last year's planting. You know, we don't have to wait till June this year. Uh, looking at the <laughs> the projections, I think we were at uh, sixty, close to sixty percent planted for corn. Anyway, uh, this this time this year and last year we were at conservative lower than that. I don't even know if we were half that last year. It was no chance. No chance. I remember what I had to go to is zero. Zero. Zero percent of zero? No, zero. what what percentage would zero be if it was compa- never mind. I I lost myself. Mental pretzel here. <laughs> uh so it's it's kind of nice. I think a lot of guys have been pumped and that they've been able to plant. I know I've talked to a couple guys that have uh, commented how you know this is the first time in, in a long time they've uh, been done planting this early. Um one said this is the first time he's been planted completely planted before Mother's Day and uh, another guy say usually he doesn't finish up till Memorial Day so and he was almost done so this is looking at the USDA NAS National Agricultural Statistics and um, this shows as a Monday it's updated so obviously it's it's not perfect but um, this week we were so on Monday, we were at 59% planted last year. At this time, we we're at 12%, and the five-year average is 39%. So, I mean, we're a good 20% above normal, and like I said, that's as of Monday, and the rest of this week was pretty good until last night's rain. So I'm sure I'm sure that's done, you know, doing a lot better. And you, the U.S. as a whole this year is at 67%. So um, that's kind of, you know, to be – almost three quarters or, you know, two thirds basically done throughout the whole U S that's, that's pretty, pretty impressive and a really good spring. Yeah. All right. Well, as we always have to now we'll get into our, that's corny and our, that's corny for this week is murder hornets. What, what year would be complete without some sort of invasive insect, especially one with a name like the murder hornet. Uh, they get the name because they rip the heads off honeybees and their sting can actually be pretty nasty for people too. Uh, I know I've seen a video. There's a guy named Coyote Peterson who uh, lets insects sting him, which seems like a Is bad that a thing on the internet, Matt. That's somebody it, just it is. Him and it's that's a, it. A, <laughs> might be it's more power to it's a him, bold strategy. Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> See how it works. Yeah. I feel like uh, this. Yeah. Guy, this guy not only lets the murder hornets, but he's got to be doing some other things if he's got a name like that. Yeah, no, there was uh, the tarantula hawk, which is like a giant wasp that kills tarantulas. Uh, and uh, with it, there was some other insect that I, I saw in the queue on YouTube that was, was up next. But yeah, no, I, he let one sting him and 
Uh, they're native to Asia, and it caused his arm to just balloon up, like lots of swelling. Seemed seemed a really good plan, you know. Hopefully, he's got good insurance, and so. Uh, though, as much as it's been talked about, it is not something they're in uh, Oregon right now. They've seen some populations, but here in Wisconsin, good old winter would take care of them. So I don't think we'll have to worry about any populations making it this far. That Bird you think you're tough? Have some of this winter. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, now we'll wrap up with you applied what? What did you do? So, Max, what do you got for us? All right. This week, and you applied what? We have Harmony, Express, Ally, and Clarity. Um, Three of these are the same site of action group, and one of them isn't, but... For bonus points, if you can tell me what the name of the premix is that includes all four of these, that's your bonus point for this week. Ooh. A quadruple. Extra credit this week, huh? Wham pow. You know, I like to give everybody a chance. Who's going first? Let's go. Uh, Bill, what do you got? Me? I think uh, Harmony, Express, and Ally are similar they are group twos als herbicides obviously clarity being the right. growth regulator but i have no idea what their premix would be so so did i get the the original question right. correct? or do i gotta wait I, for the others well the other two should us. guess first okay yeah let's I'm, go, uh, let's I'm go matt bill. what do you got here i'm with bill on that one yeah harmony express ally group group twos and clarity is the odd one out I, I got to go along okay. too, because clarity definitely is is different. So what do we get? Man, I'm, the premix though, I have no idea of what for premix or what you even right. do with that. Spray it on. So so hit us with a man. Max. So you guys, you guys are correct. Uh, Harmony Express and Ally are all group two herbicides. Clarity is a group four, and the premix is Agility SG. All right. So if you, I guess it's agile against weeds. Sure, I yeah. I've honestly I don't I don't think I've ever sprayed agility SG, but may, you know maybe something to try for this year. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I I wouldn't have pegged that for group of four there as as one mix, but yeah, hmm. interesting. That'll do it for today. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, for having me. Thanks, Matt. So today we talked about seed depth and population for corn and beans. In our spotlight, we looked at the Fent Momentum Planter. Egg History Minute, we talked about the Wheatland Hop Riot. Cool beans, that's corning. We're far ahead of last year's planting. And murder hornets, it's a thing now. And you applied what? We talked about some Group 2 herbicides. So... Thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.